What's up, chat? You know, who sabe? <laughs> Not too much. How you doing, Denzel? I'm all right. Another week, another episode. Welcome back to Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, ostensibly about nerd shit. This week, I'm not sure. Probably cyberpunk talk. Well, and we got to talk about, you know, we got to talk about fuckhead down in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know we have to do it. Yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. So you see that fucking cyberpunk 2077 shit? The, the gameplay on Twitch? Yeah. Only a little bit, but it looked fucking tight. Dog, they uh, they put the entire VOD up on YouTube. Oh. Uh, and it's them running through the demo that they did at E3. Uh-huh. And it's so fucking sick. It's so sick. I, you know, as always, I, I always hold my breath between... Healthy amount of skepticism, I understand. Exactly, because some stuff works in the demo, doesn't really make it to, to final builds, or, you know, it just doesn't ideas that they had don't really affect how you actually play the game but that game looks sick yeah yeah the the funny thing about it is at least from what i understand that studio has been working on that game for the last like five years or some shit since 2012 i think six years and it's almost done like apparent according to fucking games game spot game spot yes uh they're the game's playable f- through completion already. Oh, word! Yeah, oh. but they're still working on it. I guess I don't. I don't really see the problem with that news is I don't really know what to make of it because you can say that the game can be played from start to finish, but it doesn't really mean anything unless if you go further into depth about like how finished is it. Yeah, is it like the main storyline's done and there's no side quests, or is it like just kind of a skeleton of the main storyline, but it's it's all there? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult to say. Yeah. It's interesting. But, you know, I'm hoping for the best for the game. Even after watching the trailer, the 44-minute trailer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, even after watching that, like, if they miss the mark, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be that upset about it because it's probably still going to be really bitching. Yeah. Open-world games, when done well, just they just fucking work. Like, Grand Theft Auto has been solid. Red Dead Redemption, fucking solid. It's just Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. Well... Here's basically Grand Theft Auto in the future. Yeah, I hope that's how it plays out. Yeah, it would be nice. (laughs) It would be great if it was like Grand Theft Auto in the future, but with the decision-making of something like a Mass Effect. Mm, Yeah. But actually having choices that matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always find it funny that that was a selling point for a lot of games for a while, and it almost never mattered. No, never did. Because ultimately, you're ending up in the same spot regardless. Yeah, there can only be but so much deviation within a storyline. Because, you know, if you have something like a and d campaign where it's made up on the fly based directly on your decisions, yeah, you can make that work. It's not how video games work. No. That's entirely too much com- computational power. Maybe someday, but we're not there yet. Machine learning is not that sophisticated yet. No, not quite. There was something that really stood out to me. Apparently, 
So I don't know if this is the case, but Shadowrun, are you familiar with it? I've heard of it. I'm not so somebody write in and let us know about Shadowrun. I'm sure one of you guys knows, but I think it's more of a framework for things like D&D is. Interesting. Like people will take it and like make tweaks to it to make it their own, but huh. still keeping the same basic framework. Okay. And D&D is similar to that right. because you have like 30 million spin-offs of it. Yes. You have like Dungeons and Dungeons and 2000 Dragons or whatever. <laughs> One whatever. dungeon, two dragons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. With that in mind, uh, I was watching somebody do an explainer of it and a lot of things really stood out that were really cool that I hadn't picked up on. One of them is the concept of like a medical team that's got clients i can't remember what it's called in Shadowrun, but Mm. that shit was super dope so like embedded in your skull or whatever you're being monitored by whatever hospital you pay for Uh and you're their client and whenever you're fucked up on some shit they will come out and come get you and take you to the hospital they have like a small army (laughs) it's like a miniature swat team that comes to get you and they just zoom you off to the hospital shit okay yeah it was fucking really fucking cool man yeah. <laughs> and because of the trailer i started to look up like some shadow run lore and i was like this is too much <laughs> there's there's a, somebody on youtube has like an hour explainer of just the intro stuff like <sighs> basic shit and it's like god damn dog like how I dense can't, is your game it's <laughs> in fucking credible yeah shit <laughs> but We'll see. I did a little bit of research on cyberpunk shit as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's basically, from what I can tell, came up in the 80s. Nothing too crazy. I mean, it it kind of took off with Blade Runner. Yeah. And that was based on a short story or a novel by Philip K. Dick called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep? Very loosely based off of it. As I've seen online, apparently it just takes some of the concepts and works it into a movie. But shout out to Ridley Scott for giving cyberpunk visuals for people with no imagination (laughs) who couldn't figure out exactly what cyberpunk was. Like, I think that setting is a near perfect, like, depiction of cyberpunk. It's It's a little bit at least in my opinion, a little bit more stylized than I were. I shouldn't say stylized. I should say dirty. It's much dirtier than something that I like. I prefer something like a ghost in the shells setting. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not like fucking filthy. Right. Yeah. I find that with a lot of cyberpunk stuff, I think they, they always tend to focus on like the underworld of, whatever society it's never like high society high fashion there's none of that or even like even fucking middle class it's always like yo we're in the slums but we got technology which is cool but i'd like to see multiple sides of that i want to see some real depth there yeah yeah so to tackle something you had mentioned um one of the Cyberpunk authors Bruce Sterling described it as low life meets high tech. Yeah. And that's part of what cyberpunk is. It's like. It, it's I mean, so, I guess it does make sense 
with the punk aspect of it. Like, exactly. You don't really get rich punks. Like, you can't fight the man. You are the man. Stop yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. And that's a large component of cyberpunk in itself where typically the lead characters are dissidents of some kind and they're rejecting authority or not part of society in an average manner so like a good example of that is altered carbon even though it's like super far future like that's cyberpunk yeah and it's because he's like some fucking criminal a terrorist (laughs) from the past who's come to solve some fucking crime in the future and like he's hanging out in the slums mostly. Yeah, and what I liked about Altered Carbon with its setting was that you do see both sides of that. Yeah. Where you have these high-tech slums, but then you also have literal cloud city, don't even have to look at the scum. Like that's cool to me and it it shows a more fleshed out world. Yeah. And I like that. And the problem, one of the major problems that I had with Blade Runner is like even the high society spots that they'd shown fucking look dirty. <laughs> Dog, come on. Just clean your shit. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of muted color tones and yeah. all kinds. Of, it's not very fun to look at. It gives you, I mean, it helps you get in touch with the setting better because it's literally just like a dour sad future after a nuclear war but i i think depicting society on on all levels as all being dour is just unrealistic you know during even the great depression there were people who were unaffected because they were so rich it didn't matter yeah you know like you're never gonna have everyone's poor across the board that's just not how capitalism is no not at all and that's actually i'm glad you brought that up because that's another large component of cyberpunk it's the authority isn't with the government anymore yeah it's with mega corporations right multinational corporations something like and this is something that could happen in real life like companies like google and amazon and apple are so big that they can essentially reject the authority of governments. Like Apple's not going to pay Ireland back the back no, tax. There's they're, no way they're not going to do it. There's no way. Yeah, and th- eventually, like they'll have the authority to do whatever they want, right? Like the government isn't regulating how much Amazon is allowed to pay or has to pay. Excuse me. The government's not regulating how much Amazon has to pay their employees. They're just saying, all right, well, fuck it. Like, half of these cats are homeless in middle America. Not even not even in coastal yeah. states, but in middle America. These people aren't making enough money to be able to afford to live. And to dictate that they need to would be socialist. Yes. Yes, it would. And so the... Corporations basically own everything, everything. So at a certain point, like these companies are going to be wealthy enough to kind of just take over the world. And like the cyberpunk dystopia future where everything we have a debt based economy now, but it's going to be like mega debt in the future. It's going to be basically like you're born into debt and then hopefully one day by like getting extremely lucky or being born into wealth like you never have to deal with debt what was that i think poor man's war was it uh maybe i think that's what it was 
Wow. Or poor man's fight, rich man's war. I think that's the one that started out with the pirates taking over the cruise ship. I, whatever it is, this is not media that I've actually consumed myself. I've only heard about it. So yeah, don't and sweat it. Definitely through this show. Show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of really cool shit in cyberpunk, and I started looking up like cyberpunk shit. Um, if I had to recommend anything off top, that's cyberpunk, like that, I think is a good representation of it. Uh, one would be ghost in the shell, obviously, yep. uh, just watch the movie. Don't bother with the show, even though the first season is pretty dope and you don't have to, uh, Johnny mnemonic, huh. Keanu Reeves movie where he's like a data broker or a data guy. And essentially he's smuggling illegal data. And in order to do it, he's got to upload it to his brain. And his brain's got like a three gigabyte capacity or some shit. This was the early 90s. That must have been fucking huge. And they upload too much data to it. But rather than like rejecting the file size, like as most computers would do, apparently it accepts it. But it starts to like fuck up his brain as a result. And he's got to transfer this data across country before it kills him. Interesting. And there's a lot of cool ass shit. Up. They, there's a, a a rough estimate of how much data the human brain actually can hold, and it's a lot more than three gigs. Well, no, he had an embedded chip in there, like it's well, a sure, brain but implant. I'm, I'm, while of course this is all fantasy, and uh, you know it doesn't really work the way a brain would. I'm yes. still gonna look this up. Oh, fair enough. Um, another one, I mean, like granted, this might be a little bit cheaty, but like fucking Batman beyond is actually pretty dope cyberpunk shit. Yeah. I want them to do more with Batman beyond. I mean, they, there are comics that are out, but they suck. Like to be completely honest, like a lot of those Batman beyond comics are just real shitty and they, they're too cliched. Yeah. You can see where they're going almost immediately whenever they start. They're not. They're not good. <laughs> the yeah. The last one that I read, it turned out that Damian Bruce Wayne's son was the real villain all along. Yeah. This is like, all right, cool. We fucking get it. But yeah, I, there there's a lot of stuff. One thing that I didn't know, uh, which makes a lot of sense now, is that Power Rangers RPM is considered cyberpunk. Huh. That's the dystopian future one. Where the Power I Rangers are like, about it. <laughs> oh, this one. So Ash actually had to put me onto this because this is one of the ones when I was a kid I didn't like. But it's a dystopian future and the Power Rangers are fighting to save the last colony hmm. on Earth of like the last colony of people. Jeez. Because some shit went down. I, I, my best guess, I don't remember the story entirely, but the bad guys won. Sure. A bunch. Yeah. And the Power Rangers are busy beating them back. And the end of it is just kind of dour, too. Damn. If I recall correctly, like, basically, nobody wins at the end. Like, the series kind of just ends with, like, them continuing to have to fight. (laughs) And there was, like, this crazy production thing that happened. They wanted to make it, like, way darker than it already is. (laughs) Damn. And because they didn't, I I think they wanted to, like, try to transition it so it was more for, like, a teenage audience rather than for kids. And they, 
I think they had planned at one point to kill off a couple of the Rangers. Like they were planning on doing a lot of shit, Jeez. like wild shit with the production. <laughs> uh, I'll look up the whole story and bring it in next week. It's actually really fucking fascinating. But yeah, that's considered cyberpunk. A lot of things are considered cyberpunk, but like they may or may not actually be. Like the movie Dark City, for instance. I don't consider that cyberpunk. It's just kind of a sci-fi movie sure there's like hardly any technology that's featured in it what about something like a uh, total recall yes yeah, cyberpunk yeah I, I think that's easy enough but yeah it doesn't because you're not always sure what's real and like is it you go into mars is that still cyberpunk maybe not mars but you know <laughs> It like, doesn't necessarily match the aesthetic of a lot of cyberpunk shit because, the, I mean, cyberpunk is a lot of like overgrown, not overgrown, but like things that are like overbuilt, like things built on top of each other. Yeah. And like the spaces are always cluttered, like something like Judge Dredd, for instance. Yeah. Considered cyberpunk. Mega City One. Oh yeah, like that's a good example I of just that like existed. fucking overcrowded city. Yeah, like Judge Dredd actually I is always, pretty fascinating too. Yeah, I really like the setting of Judge Dredd. I really like that movie. The yeah, new one. <laughs> I watched both of them. Yeah, I mean, both of them were fine, but I'm referring to the new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those all remind me of uh, the Kowloon Walled City, like the I think it's in. I know it's in China somewhere, and maybe Hong Kong specifically, but it's this just walled city, basically. It's essentially one big-ass high-rise, and it looks a lot like the um, the setting of the new Judge Dredd, where it's like just all one internal thing. It's wild. No one lives there anymore in Kowloon, because they deemed it unsafe for humans. Well, go figure. But it's a cool setting. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. I'll have to take a look at it. One other thing that I learned about specifically cyber-themed things is that one of the authors of a cyberpunk book, I believe Bruce Sterling, actually coined the term cyberspace Mm -hmm. in the 80s. And that it didn't just, like, come from some fucking old person who was, like, I don't know, just, like, it's a series of tubes. Yeah, it's like a large series of tubes. It's called cyberspace. And then, like, nobody came up with that, like, kind of just on right. a whim. It wasn't right. like a colloquialism. Some He just created it and put it in the fucking book. Huh. Interesting. But going back to, like, the meaning of cyberpunk, I guess, I, I forgot where the origin, where it first appeared, but cyberpunk... As you noted earlier, you can't really be punk and be rich. And that's a huge part of that setting, yeah. of using that kind of stuff as a setting. Um, not necessarily when you pull out like pictures, you go to somebody's fucking blog and it's a cyberpunk blog or whatever, and they just have like cool looking shit. Yes. Uh, it's more so about the attitudes towards the government and towards uh, people and what you think the future, like what yeah, the future of, is like. A lot of social commentary that goes along with those, you know, anti-government or actually even more so like anti-corporate uh, sentiment and even some anti-police stuff oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
you fuck know. police officers. <laughs> <laughs> really great stuff. It's fun to look at. One thing not so fun to look at, steampunk. Ah, oh, steampunk. I fucking hate steampunk. Steampunk is so terrible. If I had to put people like on a hierarchy of those who attend conventions, like <laughs> below furries is going to be steampunk. And I don't mean like well like respectable furries. I'm talking about like the ones that are humping each other in public. <laughs> like I'm talking about those people. Steampunk people are below that. <laughs> steampunk is the worst. Gears that do nothing, bronze, brown, those are terrible colors. <laughs> those are fucking awful. And why do they dress up like fucking vampires? Why is why are their fucking outfits fucking Victorian? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why, why do you need like steam powered everything? Everyone knows the hype of innovation and fashion and culture. It's 1700s England. <sighs> Fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> steampunk sucks. Steampunk is awful. And if you like steampunk... Don't listen anymore. <laughs> I don't Just fucking quit the podcast. It's yeah. done. It's over for you. Yeah. I've, God, I hate it so much. I, I like some of it, but it's really, really, really overdone to me. Like, if it's... Like, the way the Wild Wild West did it, I was okay with because it was in the setting. Like, it was in the Wild West, and this was, like, cutting-edge technology that was just over, like, overdone to, to, to be period-appropriate, you know? Yeah. It was high-tech, but back then. Okay, that makes a deal of sense. But when you have stuff that's like, oh, here's the year 2000, we're still running on Steam... Isn't that cool? It's like, no, that's really impractical. It is. It's <laughs> super inefficient. It's stupid. And you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I've never, I've never had any interest in Victorian era anything. Like when I had to read Pride and Prejudice in the 12th grade, I'm like, why should I give a fuck about Mr. Darling or Mr. Darcy and his fancy ass parties and you're just some little girl who's got a crush on a rich guy and you're just a rich girl at rich parties in the fucking 18th century. I don't give a shit about any of this. These people ain't about shit. These people ain't doing shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Why is that even lauded as like literature, great American literature or English uh, English literature? English yeah. literature. I don't know. I don't see the appeal. It's rich people doing rich people things. I can't relate. I don't care. None of this has any consequence. That's so fucking stupid. I mean, for me it was always like rich white girl fantasy or not even rich white, middle class white girl fantasy and it's like Whereas little boys have war books and superheroes, little girls get dress up and parties and horses and, you know, yeah, I never understood the appeal, though. <sighs> Fucking sucks. Yeah. Fucking sucks. It's like, you know, would you would you want a memoir of Jaden Smith to be required reading? 
absolutely not. <laughs> That's how it, I look at this. I mean, like, it would be pseudo-philosophical bullshit. Well, it wouldn't even have to be written by him. If okay. it was written about him. Where no, it's absolutely like, not. Rich kid who is out of touch with the world doing rich kid stuff that, that has no effect on any any society or like has no consequence here even if, even if he did some horrendous shit if he accidentally killed someone you know he would get bailed out so there's yeah. no consequence no yeah that that's that's how i feel about this stuff and bullshit. that plays into my disdain for steampunk because that's what i think of when i see that kind of stuff you know there's i fucking hate it i on a lighter note been watching some anime lately. Oh, I watched Getter Robo. Oh yes, uh, Shin Getter Robo actually, okay. and that shit goes fucking hard. Oh man, it's fucking cool. It's it's a story about three mecha pilot or mecha pilots in general, and it's a sequel to something that I had never seen. Yeah, I I didn't know it, but. There were a bunch of story elements in there. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? Is, why are they talking about this? Like, why? I don't get it. But I went and I read a wiki. And I was just like, oh, okay. So, this these things make sense. And this shit is fucking out of this world. Oh, man. I really like it. It's just, it's about, essentially, a doctor that comes back from the dead after having been believed murdered at mm. one point. And people are fighting and robots and like shit and they're giant monsters it's fucking cool okay it's super cool yeah check it out okay check it out it's worth the watch well i also watched a couple of things this weekend and uh the first was the 1994 street fighter 2 movie animated movie oh okay. not not the uh live action one this was the anime movie and I had seen it before, but I watched it again because Nikki hadn't seen it. And that shit slaps, man. Does it? It's it's actually good. Um, is that the one with the clones? No, it's really... The story is pretty loose and, like, the story is definitely the weakest part of it. But it's basically um, Bison wants to take control of the strongest fighters in the world to make them his soldiers by brainwashing them, which he had already done with Kami. Uh, so he sets his eyes on Ryu, ends up finding Ken because on his way to looking for Ryu. And uh, yeah, not a, not a whole lot story-wise happens, but it's a bunch of cool little set pieces. It's really well animated and uh, it, yeah, it, it holds up. And they managed to throw in every Super Street Fighter character in there. Which is nice. You know, some yeah. of them do basically nothing like T-Hawk just kind of shows up, <laughs> fights Ken, loses, and that's it. But, you know, he's in there. <laughs> good. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's on Amazon Prime Video for free. Oh, cool. Which then led me to, if you're on the Patreon, you may have heard our commentary of Storm Riders. That's the striding cloud and whispering wind. That movie. Well... As I forget if I explained this on the commentary, but it's basically that movie was an adaptation of an old Chinese fantasy novel, as it were. And it was such a popular source material that there's like a thousand adaptations of it. 
you know, modern novels, mangas, animes, movies, whatever. Well, I found an anime for it. Oh, shit. And it's a direct sequel to the movie that we watched. Oh, shit. And it makes just as little sense, and it's amazing. All right, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to watch the fuck out of that. The art is really cool. Like, I really like the art style. The animation sucks. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. great. <laughs> That's dope. Yep. I'll have to... I'll have to I'll have to take a look. Yeah, it's uh, it's 99 minutes long, so it's just over an hour and a half, and it feels like it's three hours because it's that fucking dense. Oh, wow. So much happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's also on Amazon Prime Video, also for free. Go check that out if you are into wacky Chinese adventures. I can't give it an honest recommendation, but it was entertaining. So, you got that. All right, that works. So I got to give a special shout out. This is a uh, an unfortunate uh, an unfortunate shout out, but a friend of Nikki and mine, and he may listen to the podcast. If you do, what up? If you don't, I don't know. I'll just tweet at you. <laughs> but uh, my man Chums Chums Knifeblade on Twitter blew off his left index finger yesterday. Doing what? He uh, he was cleaning his house. And lit a candle, but it turns out that candle was actually an M80 firework. So he went to, you know, I, I don't know the full story to this, but I'm going to paint this in the, the most action hero we way. And that is to say he was protecting his family and innocent people. And he, he picked it up and went to, to throw it out the window and save the, the town. And yeah, it blew up in his hand. Jesus. So it just, it knocked off his finger. He is he is down a finger. Holy shit. So uh yeah, we're we're sending you good vibes and we're thinking of you and we hope your recovery is swift and that you, you know, figure out how to play video games minus that digit. I, I hope they can reattach it. I think it's gone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think it's out. Oh, um, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's that, a huge bummer. It fucking sucks. But you know, shit happens, and, you know, we're glad that it could have been worse. Yeah, we're glad that it was not. So, uh, you know, sending love that way. He's got to go fund me. He's already passed the goal, but it's just like a... They put up $2,000 for his medical expenses, and that's just a shot in the dark because they haven't gotten the bill yet. Oh. So, you know, if if you know of him, if you're a fan of his... You know, go check that out. You know, he's a notorious shit poster on Twitter. And he's a cool guy. And we wanna, well, we wanna here's play. to a speedy recovery, playboy. Yeah. The other thing to talk about is old fuckhead down in Jacksonville. Yep. Fuck that guy. I won't say his name because he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But uh, if you haven't heard, there was a Madden tournament. I forget the name of the tournament. It was a GLHF but it was part of another tournament circuit, I think. But it was a Madden tournament. Uh, dude entered, got his shit rocked, and came back the next day and blew some people away because he's a sorry-ass loser and is a, a weak piece of shit. Can't yeah. handle the heat. Real sad. That's real shitty. It's, it sucks. It's unfortunate for everyone. And, you know, being part of the competitive scene in fighting games, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about, OK, how do we make these things safer? How do we address this? Because it's been it's been a thought for a while. 
you know, people had talked about it and, you know, with all the school shootings, you know, does that extend to after school activities as it were? And, you know, that's one of the worst fears that we had and it's been realized. And I don't, I'm not going to talk about the measures that TOs are talking about taking to, to stop this from happening. You know, that's their discussion to have more. What I want to talk about is like how this shit happened. You know what? This is, I, I actually want to talk about the measures okay, real sure. quick. I, I saw a whole lot of hot takes on Twitter about adding additional security and people checking bags. And like, I, although I understand where that idea is coming from, yeah, it'll keep somebody from acting impulsively. But if somebody wants to get in there bad enough, they're going to do it. It's not addressing security holes. Yeah, it'll keep like, which is a good thing. It'll yeah. keep people from coming in like angry and trying to get at people or it'll just cause security guards to get shot. There, I mean, like, yeah, there's not there aren't a ton of armed people hanging out in places. Right. Like somebody was saying uh, Evo has a bunch of undercover cops at it, which yeah, is excellent. That. That's a that. good thing. Yeah. You didn't know that? I no, I hadn't heard of this. Oh yeah, um, some J Wiz Wizard something. Oh sure, yeah, uh, Mr. Wizard. One, yeah, one of those. I think it was him. Uh, he had said that there are constantly undercover cops at at Evo. Yeah, like there are just a ton. That makes a lot of sense because even aside from like an armed threat, you don't want fights breaking out anyway. Like I've no. seen some intense salt at tournaments. I've ne- I've seen a fight come close to happening, but I've never seen blows exchanged. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, certainly. But the issue, I want to say, wholly, is addressing the culture, right? You need to address the root of the problem. Adding security is going to be just like fucking putting TSA at the airport. Right. It's going to just make things super inconvenient for people. But if they want to find a way to do it, they're going to. Yeah. And I, on one hand inconveniencing people is a deterrent yeah like you know that's why i believe you know we should have background checks for guns because this dude wouldn't have passed one but whatever (laughs) we'll get there when we get there yeah but um yeah you you don't you want to make things as difficult as possible but there is always going to be a threat as long as the culture is there yes uh so yeah I was talking with Nikki about this and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sound prejudiced in any way, but you, we should know by now the majority of mass shooters are young white men. And because, because of the culture in the U S we're not doing anything about it. Because hey, it's young white men. Come on, that's a that's a son. That's a boys. Why would why would we fuck with them? They're just trying to have a good time. It's guns. We're American. Okay, well, when you have something like a gamer, I'm putting this in air quotes. Someone who identifies as gamer. That's to me in a way it's similar to someone who identifies as an incel, as a Star Wars nerd, as a as a Chiefs fan, whatever. When you take someone's identity and you make it one thing, you have to hold on to it. So, like, 
when you're a, a black person in America, you have that unique identity. When you're gay, you have a unique identity. You, you have something that you can hold on to that no one can take away. When you're a white person, you're considered default, especially if you're a man. You know, white men are considered the default in the U.S. So they don't really get any special treatment in any way. They don't walk into a, a crowd and you can give someone the nod and it's like, oh, hey, that's my brother. No, you're just, it's another white guy who gives a shit, right? So you have these people attaching labels to themselves. You know, they self-impose, I'm a gamer. I'm a sports fan, whatever. And then you hold on to it kind of feverishly. And I think that's part of why you get these nerds who have so much backlash against fake nerds, gamer girls, whatever, because that starts to undercut their identity. You have people who are not to that same level as you are. Like if you're a level 20 Star Wars nerd and you have this level one Star Wars nerd who's calling themselves a Star Wars nerd, it's like, yo, 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 you haven't put in the hours that I have. You can't, you can't water down my identity because this is all I got. You can't water this down and make me feel like less of a person. Yeah, a large part of the problem is people who identify as things, right? Yes. Like it's, I think we've had this conversation before on the show, but I guess it's worth reiterating. It's not that I identify as black. Mm -hmm. I that's it's just <laughs> I, I just am. You, you don't have a choice. Yeah, I don't have a choice. I'm not. Goddamn. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing in particular that would link me to like a larger quote unquote black culture, right? There are things that are parts of black culture uh, that were at one time or another recognized as uniquely black things, such as like rap music, holy ghosting in the church, <laughs> shit like that. Like those things for a long time were identified as black. Sure. Or, I don't really see society in that way, right? Like, there's not a black culture for me to hop onto and cling to, right? Right. Because I'm just who I am. And I don't identify as a gamer or a reader or a movie buff or any of those things because it wouldn't be doing myself justice, right? It That's not who I am as a whole. Like there, there are so many things that make up me as a person and those, the people who choose to identify themselves specifically as one type of thing or another oftentimes don't have much else going on for them. Yeah. And they take their gamer identity and they kind of form opinions and behaviors around that identity that they want to be a part of. So let's say if gamers only ate uh, gamer oats or <laughs> Doritos and Mountain Dew cereal, Doritos and Mountain Dew and shit like that, then they would do adopt those things to become more like a gamer. Right. And those things when derided for being a gamer it's like, oh, you're attacking me as a person because this is all I've got. This is my identity. Right. And when outsiders come and they're like, oh, I'm a gamer too. They check your stripes at the door. They say, 
oh, you know about this, you know about that. Yep. And this is something that's super common in pro wrestling fandom <laughs> where you have people constantly trying to check each other's stripes because they they're wearing a shirt and it happens mostly to women unfortunately of course, of course. You, you see a fucking woman at a wrestling event wearing some shirt and there's always going to be some dork that approaches her and quizzes her on the original members of nwo <sighs> or fucking uh who was in some fucking stable in japan or some shit like yeah. that but ultimately uh those people just don't have much yeah. it's it's a societal issue now more than ever where people it's harder to to develop a personality because it's easy to just to look at shit online like you get on your phone and like things are just fed to you yeah and because things are so curated for us like you know on my phone i'm going to get information that's pertinent to me and i'm not going to get stuff about things that I might be interested in, it's going to be stuff that's curated for me. And so because of that, I only get a very specific subset of information. And that's going to be the same way for someone who only looks up video game news. He's only going to get video game news, you know? So you, you end up being kind of forced into a bubble. And if you continuously, uh, it becomes a feedback loop. So like you only look up gaming information because you only get gaming information and so you only get stuff for gamers and now it just kind of encapsulates that more and more yeah and you become uh, more one-dimensional and that's sad yeah and i should also note that some people can't withstand being fucked with yes <laughs> and the answer isn't to say get out of the community if you can't take being fucked with it just it would be easier and probably safer for people to just chill the fuck out yeah <laughs> you don't need to talk shit to this guy you you don't after you win the match you don't have to fucking shit on him relentlessly you don't need to like send him text messages reminding him that he lost you don't need to tweet at him mocking him like you don't need to do any of that you can just say you fucking won the match, and that's it. Yeah, it's all, it's oh, man. Yeah, I I've seen that happen to uh, to some tournament players. Like, I two examples here are uh, Super Noon and Iron God. They're both um, SoCal players. They both played Marvel, and now are quite good at uh, Dragon Ball. Super Noon made top eight. Gang, gang, what up? But uh, Super Noon came in much younger than everyone else. I think he started playing competitively at like age 15 or so. And he's like 19 or 20 now. And then Iron God's a little bit older. But people shit on Supermoon constantly because he's mad cocky, talks a ton of shit. But that's like just kind of the relationship he has with everyone. He talks shit, they talk shit. It's fine. But then there's Iron God, who's also very good. But... People don't ride him as much because that's not the relationship they have. And he takes it very personally. So, like, if you were to talk shit to Iron God, that would actually, like, ruin his day. Yeah. Because, like, he's already feeling the loss and you don't have to rub it in. Super Noon, whatever. You can tweet at him, you suck, and he'll probably just send it right back to you. That's fine. Send that to Iron God and you got a problem. 
And you have to be able to identify like who you can fuck with and who you can't. You can't just be talking shit to everyone. You don't talk to the Pope the same way you talk to your best friend. And it, it, interpersonal relationships matter here. Yeah, yeah. And those, I don't know, like gaming communities specifically have always been super fucking toxic. Always. Like super toxic. Always. So it's it's something that, I mean, like personally, I could stand to see changed. But, like, in all honesty, it's only for people in the future. It's not for me. I'm not... <laughs> I don't like gaming communities. I don't like communicating with half the people that I meet online. Like, the, a lot of these people fucking suck. Yeah. They're just <laughs> real bad people that I don't want to know. It's yeah. kind of wild to me, like, some of the people I've interacted with in games. Just, like, that have to be shit talking at every moment and you know sometimes I'll, I'll just respond to them like this is all you got in life huh i've experienced it where i get on overwatch and i turn on comms <sighs> and there's just the one person who's talking shit to the entire team and it's like dog like you realize that we're playing on the same team here that, right that's like this <laughs> doesn't make any sense that's what gets me about people who are shitty on voice comms in overwatch because it's only team chat yeah like if you were talking shit to the other team okay maybe there's some fun in that but if you're just like yo farah you suck you should have been aborted like uninstall this game it's like dog what are you why are you helping what's what's the purpose here what are you trying to do like you're ruining the fun for everybody for everyone that's for fucking sure but whatever i mean it's an unfortunate happening and i certainly hope it doesn't happen again but i mean like knowing america knowing america dog what was that number 234 this year something like that That, you know that sounds right man that's just yeah no it's not okay it's not okay you know nothing's gonna happen no it never does i it's all it's gonna take is a black man or a Muslim to do some do something on that scale, and maybe we can get some laws. You passed. would think that the law would have changed after a school full of white children was shot up. Well, in Sandy I mean, Hook. That was a false flag. That didn't actually happen. So. And then you would think the law would change after some dude manages to shoot five hundred people <sighs> at a concert. You would think. You would think. You would think. And then you would also think that after high school being shot up full of more white children, that something would have changed. That oh. fucking gnarly. Fucking gnarly. It is absurd. Are you fucking kidding me? It is absurd. Oh. All we can do is be careful and, you know, try and promote mental health among all of dog, our peers. Being and, careful is not even good enough anymore, dog. It pr- really isn't. You just show up somewhere, just don't be unlucky is ultimately like what you gotta hope. Just, you can't, one day, you better hope that it just doesn't happen to you. Yeah. Like, at this point, like, somebody that I know was murdered, at, like, at San Bernardino. Oh, shit. When I didn't know her too super well, it was one of Serene's friends. No shit. And we went to cons with them, like, several years ago. Damn. Dog, she, like, you just literally have to hope that you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, because most of these things aren't fucking targeted. It's just no. random shit where it's you, like, oh, I'm mad at these general people. 
and you might just happen to be part of that fucking crowd. And yeah, flip the coin every time. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, life is wild. Yeah. And that's how we get to cyberpunk. Because we're mad at our dystopian society. We're already in a dystopia. It's just uh, it's a little more messed. Yeah, America's a real shitty spot. Actually. Yeah, it kind of sucks right now. Yeah. I mean, like, people will be like, oh, you don't have the same freedoms in other places. All right, cool. Like, I can't teach my pug how to do the fucking Nazi salute in Scotland, but that's not something that was on my mind in the first place. Yeah. Like, wow. I, I can't own an AR-15 in Canada. Damn. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm really fucking missing out on protecting my home with a long gun. Damn it. Rather than a fucking pistol. Right. I don't know. Which you wouldn't need the pistol if other... You wouldn't need the long gun if other people didn't have other long guns. So maybe if no one... I mean, your house is not large enough for you to need to make a hundred yard shot in it. Hey, I need the option to be able to. (laughs) Just in case I need to be able to shoot somebody from a hundred yards away in my house just hope that you you're not unlucky at this point yeah basically it's rough yeah so let's get into questions <laughs> from the subreddit reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours join the discussion join us oh and for the record there's a it's very unclear how much a human brain can store but it's estimated multiple petabytes Oh, cool. Which is a fucking lot. That's a thousand terabytes. I can't wait until we can learn how to massively use more than 10% of our brains, which is a fucking meme, right? That's yeah, like that's a lie. A complete fucking lie. Yeah. You just, it's just 10% of the time. Actually, there is a, a, a condition that they call the ring of fire. Because um, basically when, when you use your brain, you know, it'll light up like electrical impulses and... If you use 100% of your brain, it lights up like a fucking candle. And they call it the ring of fire because it's like in a circular position. And uh, that's like the most extreme ADD possible because you're, you know, you can manage about four to five conscious thoughts at a time. Yeah, try like 30 and you're, you're going to have a, some trouble concentrating. Fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck police officers asks. Moving sucks. Someone asking you to help them move sucks even more. Got any bullshit moving stories? I do, actually. Um, I'm sure most people do. (laughs) I was helping somebody move this big-ass piece of furniture, and uh, we were going up a set of stairs that did a U-turn as it went up. Oh, yeah. And my hand got pinned to the wall between like this piece of furniture and the wall like we were moving it and it was stuck in place Mm. and my hand was just pinned luckily uh it didn't hurt that badly and i didn't break anything but i was stuck there for a good minute like (sighs) while we like were trying to figure out how to move this because for whatever reason the person up front wanted to move a little bit faster than they should have and i would say like wait 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 and then whack. Oh, God. And my hand is stuck. We were there for like five minutes, something like that. It was not fun. Yeah, that sucks. I hate team lifting with people who don't know how to fucking team lift. Yeah. Like, it's an important skill. Just learn how to communicate while doing that. 
my most interesting moving story uh, is tied into a different story. But when I was 16, we were moving from the house that I effectively grew up in, basically from ages four until 16. We lived in one house, and then we moved basically to the town over. And it wasn't very far, but it was far enough. And we, my parents are like borderline hoarders, or my dad rather, borderline hoarder. So we had a ton of stuff, a lot of which was just useless crap. Now, he's good at throwing stuff away, but we just keep it for longer than we need to. And uh, this was not a very large house. I don't know how we had so much shit, but we had a lot of shit. And it made the move very uh, labor-intensive. And it was like over a month-long period. And when we were finally on the downstroke, when we were finally like almost moved into the new spot, um, it was uh, Friday the 13th. And so it was uh, October 13th, 2006. And it was the first day that I could sleep in in like over a month. And this was like, my muscles had been sore for this whole fucking month. It was just fucking terrible. So sleeping in was a luxury. And I wake up, I pissed the bed. Oh, lucky you. Because <laughs> I was so damn tired. And I knew this was the one time I could sleep in. Just did not wake up at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, good shit. Hey guys, maybe we should... uh you know, slow the pace down a little now because <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that sucks. Was, yeah, that was something. Moving is fucking awful. <sighs> yeah, moving sucks. And I, I do it on an almost yearly basis now. But moving companies, while expensive, worth every penny because fuck all of that. Yeah, yeah. Moving, the only positive about moving is like getting the chance to throw away a bunch of bullshit you don't yeah, want. Yeah, just sorting through all of your stuff, throwing a bunch of stuff away. It's very liberating. Yeah. And you get to like rearrange furniture without feeling terrible about it, you know? Yeah. It, some upsides, but fuck moving. Yeah. Crimson Beanie says. I finally dove into anime recently and have blown through One Punch Man, Attack on Titan, and Season 1 of My Hero Academia. I don't suppose you can give recommendations based on that small sample size. I don't even know how to look for new stuff yet. Well, I mean, honestly, dude, depends depends on why you like those shows. Because I can give you other recommendations, but for the most part, it's just... If you like action shit, I can give you action shit. Like Ghost in the Shell is cool. Cowboy Bebop is cool. Like just start with the classics. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you like um, shonen action stuff. So honestly, if you just look at, you know, top 10 list of best action animes, most of those are going to be decent. Some of them are going to be dog shit and people are lying to you. Naruto is trash. It's fun trash. Like, the thing is, it's just so bloated. Yes. Yes, it is. it's terrible for that reason. In an age where we live, where we can get 12-episode anime with A-plots and B-plots in episodes and have a condensed story arc, like, Naruto being, like, 12,000 episodes doesn't... (laughs) 
it doesn't appeal to me at all. I definitely understand that uh, that attitude, and I can't disagree with it. It's definitely a personal preference kind of thing. I don't mind long series because you have more time to flesh out characters, more will, world building. Okay, look. But, Naruto yeah. lacks in a lot of those places. It like, does. I really wish they did more with a lot of those things. Naruto is basically the same dude throughout the series. And like the pronounced changes happen after like it's not after he's almost murdered for like the 10th time <laughs> or like turns into the fox again. He doesn't have, like he doesn't though he's still the same dude after those events. Yeah. What it's like after big boss fights, he gets like a change of fucking clothes and like his attitude changes a little bit. Yeah, Naruto doesn't really change himself. It's more the world around him does. Yeah. Which in a way is interesting, but in a way is also shitty writing. Yeah, it's awful writing. He changes like at the end when he's the Hokage. Yeah, well, he's yeah, because like, that's another now. major time skip. He's like, I'm I'm a chill dude now. Yeah, now yeah. I'm responsible dad, and I'm in the the head of a bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. I can talk today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say you probably need to figure out more specifically what you like. And kind of narrow it down from there. Because I, I know pretty precisely what I look for in anime. And even then, there's some series that I don't expect to like that I do. And some series that I do expect to like that I don't. Like Black Clover. Black Clover kind of hits all the right buttons. And I hate it. Seven Deadly Sins. Same story. It's It checks the right boxes. and sucks. Fair enough. So... Ultimately, there there are far less good anime series out there than there are bad. And you just kind of have to know the right people to give you the right recommendations, which is us. And <laughs> uh, there there's a lot of really bad shit out there. And you'll know if it's bad within like the thir- first three or four episodes. And, like, you know if you'll like it within the first three or four episodes. I would also fucking recommend Madoka Magica because that shit's cool. Yeah. But I feel like there are certain series that you need to have more context for. And Madoka might be one of those where, like, oh. it's, it is cool on its own. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But what makes it so much more impactful is that it totally subverts the magical girl trope yeah and you have to understand that trope first to really get the full context behind that yeah and those shows aren't worth watching <laughs> oftentimes they're not like it's sailor moon like although it's definitely a classic not worth watching no i mean um, it, it's basically a saturday morning cartoon yeah card capture sakura not worth watching. I know some people who would disagree, but I'm on your side with that one. It's, it's, it's again, Saturday morning cartoon. It's meant for kids. They're, they're episodic more yeah. than serialized. Like, yeah, you're, you'll get far, far less out of it. Like if yeah. you're watching it as an adult, just as a lead up to Madoka Magica, <laughs> yeah, it's like not. it's not, it wouldn't be worth it. It just, I mean, those shows aren't very good. No. Nah. But I mean, if you're a kid, they're, they're fine, classics. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're classics, classics, but they're just not very good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree there. 
Deuce Campbell asks, Either of you guys into emulation? Ever emulate any classic or rare games? How do you feel about Nintendo's recent crusade against emulation sites? I emulate a lot of games. There are plenty of games that I either rented as a kid or couldn't find or just wanted to replay without going into my parents' attic and pulling out my NES that I'll just load up on my laptop. Because uh, I have a the entire library of NES and SNES games on my laptop, so I can just pull that up at any time. And it's fucking handy. I'm not going to provide links, but I'm just going to say that there are torrents for these, and they're not hard to find, and they don't take up much hard drive space. Okay. So, uh, I recommend that, especially with Nintendo's recent crusade, because there is obviously an argument to be made about piracy and emulation. You are technically pirating the games, provided that you don't own them. But... I don't really see the harm. Like, I understand there's, like, virtual console and, you know, re-releases and whatever, but most of these games are never getting re-released. Like, there's thousands of games out there. If 500 of them get re-released, that would be a lot. So, if there's no chance that these games are still being sold in any form, what harm is being done? Like, wh- where are they losing money? Where, what's the problem? They just are another corporation. Yep. They're going to be another one of those greedy megacorps from the future <laughs> that's driving you into the ground. Um, ultimately, I think, I mean, they're, of course, legally in the right. But, yeah. like, it's a bad look. They're not going to re-release all of those games. No. And There's no way. Those people who are pirating those games, more often than not, they're not going to buy the game anyway, right? Like, Depends. There are some people who will, right? Like, oh, I want to see what this game is like so I can go buy it. But there are, at least in the gaming community, I want to say that there's a shitload of people who are just scumbags who just pirate everything. Because right. they're like, oh, these dirty game developers, they don't make games how they used to. Yeah. I don't like any of these games. Blah, blah, blah. Games as a service sucks. They deserve to be pirated. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah, that, that attitude's real shitty. And it especially hurts the smaller devs. Yeah. You know, with indie gaming becoming much more of a thing where indie studios are producing, you know, I wouldn't say triple A, but let's call them double A titles. And those are getting pirated on a, on a large scale. Like that really hurts those companies. Yeah. Whereas you know, if you're pirating something from EA, they're going to be okay. I mean, yeah. Unless it's of course you know everyone pirates the same game. Yeah. Whatever, but. Of course. I mean, they'll be fine regardless. But it doesn't. That's not necessarily like. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. It's it's just like a flimsy excuse from people who just want to pirate shit. Sure. And like it's illegal. It's breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're still stealing. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you wouldn't download a car. Would you? Hell yes, I would. <laughs> 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 but they're like still illegal. However, I know for a fact that the R4 and similar, similar technologies boosted the hell out of Nintendo DS sales. Like, yeah, I mean, but the console sales were out of this world, but the but game sales were for weak. shit. 
But on the other hand, that also led to better sales for the 3DS and its games. You know what killed was killed by piracy? What was that? The oh, Vita. Oh, oh yeah. And the Dreamcast, too. And the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast got murdered by piracy. Yeah, you could basically just pull all the files off the disc and just make copies. <laughs> yeah, that was... it's. Yeah. There, a lot there, of things killed the Dreamcast. A lot of things killed the Dreamcast. But piracy was a big part of it. The Vita, what else was there? That other handheld that Sony had. Uh, PSP before PSP, then. Yeah, yeah. It killed both of those. <laughs> yeah. You could just pirate shit for free on both of those. It and was like, super easy. Dog, you, it was barely any fucking effort. Yeah, the original Xbox was also really easy, but people didn't find out until later, I guess. Yeah. So, like, once they got it cracked, then it was stupid easy. But it just took a bit for that to get out there. A friend of mine had one of those hacked Xboxes that had, like, 600 games on it. Yep. He couldn't go online with it ever, though. No, but, you know, Xbox Live back then. The only thing you were playing was Uno, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I had... I didn't personally own it, but um, my, my college had one of those available, so... Any fighting game title that was there, you got it. Now that's what they're doing with the SNES Classics. Cause, yeah, oh, just hacking it and playing yeah. ROMs? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty handy, honestly. That's probably why they're doing it, why, they're, <laughs> why Nintendo's cracking down. You know what? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the spirit of piracy is... I mean, it's like that of a pirate. It doesn't matter if Johnny Law comes in. They're still going to do their thing. Again, inconvenience is a factor. And I feel like piracy was easier than ever before, especially for those classic games. I can just go to MU Paradise and it was good to go. But not anymore. So it's like, okay, I got to go to a torrent site. Yeah. Big fucking whoop. (laughs) You can download all 13 terabytes of whatever the fuck games they have on there. Most of which you'll never play. Yeah, definitely most of which you'd never play. There was a bit where I was going through the NES library alphabetically. It's a lot of trash that was released. Yep. It is not worth playing all those games. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't like that they're doing this, but... I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, you scold them. Yeah, stop enforcing the law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Masters of Scientology asks, Cyberpunk 2077? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Portuguese Charlie asks, what do you guys think of the quote-unquote boxing match between the Pauls and KSI and Deji. Seemed to me like they were laughing all their way to the bank while setting up their rematch. I also hate that the worst YouTubers found a way to make even more money. These, I mean... It's a fucking publicity stunt. It's gonna... Yeah. They made money. 800k IP pay-per-view buys on YouTube. 800k. And That's they were charging bullshit. between $8 and $11, depending on where you were. Fuck that. And the event was fully sponsored. Of course. And the arena sold out. Of course. So they probably, if I had to guess, pulled down somewhere around like four or 500K a piece. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Dog, 
it's a lot of fucking money. That's like, a lot of money. Hold on. Just even... Let's average that out. Fucking $8 and $11. So $8.5 times... Or well, I'm fucking stupid. Well, I mean... Uh, $9.5. You, you, you could be conservative with it and it'll still be too much money. Times 800000 Just kidding. Just... I was way under... Uh, let's say average out at nine and a half dollars times 800k buys that's 7.6 million dollars yeah yeah so let's say that each of the boxers got about a million yeah they they probably with ease actually probably pulled down like a million million and a half pretty easily off of that event Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, all we all we got to do is get big on YouTube, dog. Start some beef. The handsome, privileged piece of shit. I I understand the spectacle. I know that, you know, everybody involved has a very large following. So there are people that are going to want to support that. But then there's also people that are going to give hate views like, oh, fuck KSI. I want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. Oh, fuck Logan Paul. I want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. And you're just putting money in both their pockets and everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. And that said, I do think Celebrity Deathmatch would be interesting to bring back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, nothing we can do about it. So, uh, no. Fucking insane. Yeah. Fuck those guys. But that does it for questions for this week. Thanks for writing in reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Join the conversation. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so this week on the Patreon, we've got a stack ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Charles and I did the other Ooh. day. Uh, so it's based on phases. Uh, phase one, two, and three were individually ranked. And then we took all 20 and ranked the movies and then fucking took uh, the TV shows and ranked those. Oh, the TV shows, too. That's You're going hard. Yeah, now, it was I a just, lot of shit. I'm just going to say bottom to top in terms of phases, two, one, three. Uh, one, two, or for, from top down, three, two, one, I want to say. Because Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy were oh, both yeah, in Phase those, 2. Yeah, those do bolster Phase 2. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because, I mean... If, I think if, Phase if phase 2 is probably the most wild variance. Yeah. Yeah, Because you have, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor the Dark World and Iron Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, God, uh, we were talking about this, and a lot of those movies are fucking terrible. Yeah, a lot of them just ain't great. Yeah. Just ain't great. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, though, from 2008, better than it got credit for. Yeah, wasn't, I actually still great. haven't seen that. I, I saw the first one. The, With uh, Eric Bana, <laughs> Ang Lee. Oh, yes, that, yes. <laughs> that yeah. one. Yeah. Not the Edward Norton one, but uh, yeah, that was fucking horrible. It was. It was like trying to be like artful about it. I didn't mind like the directorial thing of like uh like the seventies cuts with like the frames and stuff. Mm-hmm. That I don't mind. The movie was horrible. Yeah. So uh Yeah. 
Yeah, good times. Well, check that out. Should be good. Yeah, it's a good time. Listen to it. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Chet. You can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at Bushido Brown SD. Excellent. You can join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash real nerd hours podcast and groups slash real nerd hours podcast. And finally, and finally, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash real nerd hours. And you can find all of our extra content on there. It's, it's good stuff. We promise. Yeah. Yeah. You'll like it. It's, it's, it's good shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Y'all have a good night.